listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Commentaries where we bring you the animated commentaries this time around. Today I have with me This is Joe And this is John And we are bringing you the commentary for Justice League The New Frontier. So without further ado let's get right into the movie. Cue it up and on the count of three we'll get right into the movie Three, two, one. Obviously, this is uh, Justice League New Frontier. came out in 2008 and was a pretty decent adaptation of Darwin Cook's uh, 2004 DC Comics miniseries, DC The New Frontier. Um, it's interesting to note that uh, Darwin Cook also worked on Batman Beyond, the TV series. Um, not that you really can tell that at all from uh, what we see in here, but uh, definitely some... Nice artistic elements here in the opening. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this opening sequence. It's quite um, dark for what is effectively a, a children's animated movie, but that's quite nice. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I have to say that the, uh, the, this is probably one of my favorite DC animated films. It was one of the first that came out. And it still lives up to uh, probably being in my top three as far as animated films. Not including all the original Batman ones from uh, before really the DC Animated Universe by uh, produced by Bruce Timm really started up. I, I love these the opening credits. I don't know if you noticed, but the one thing that I really liked in any Batman or um, Justice League film is the the opening credit scenes. They do, they always do them really well, and I I, I think it's a nice touch because it's really easy to do do credits as a last thought up thing, and, and, and they obviously don't in these. They they take their time and make them attack. see there's a obviously an all-star cast that's on the voice this film as well it was really really the beginning of because it was one of the first DC animated films they really did get a number of very uh, famous people to to be the cast on this film 
And it's always good to see Kevin Conroy. Oh, wait, no, he's not in this one, is he? Nope, it's uh, Jeremy Sistro. Yeah, made an idiot of myself straight away. Oh, well. Although I do think he's a good Batman in this. So, as we can see, uh, this is definitely an interesting twist on uh, Hell Jordan, and you can clearly see that this is taking place more in the times of the Cold War. Yeah, this bit is really gruesome coming up. It took me back when the first time I saw it. Especially after the um, beginning, where the, the guy writing the book, he shoots himself in the head, but you don't see any blood or anything. And then uh, from that to this, yeah, it's quite shocking. Not that I'm lying, but... De definitely gets the PG-13 rating, that's for sure.
Dustin, did you read the original graphic novel of this? I I, I did read the original graphic novel, but it was pr- it was after I actually saw this because I try I tend to always do that when they have a DC animated uh, film that's adapted specifically from a comic or a graphic novel, and I I read it just to see how close it was, and for the most part, it, this one was probably one of the closest incarnations of um, or closest uh, I guess adaptations of uh, the graphic novel I mean there's obviously bits that they left out but I thought this was very very good as far as an adaption and what about the art style is that translated at all or is this yeah, this, this one, uh, Superman Doomsday came out before this, and Superman Doomsday didn't do a, obviously, it really wasn't specifically based on, it was based on a story, but not a specific, you know, story arc written by somebody or drawn by somebody, but this one did a very good job at keeping the art as close as possible to what it originally was in the graphic novel. Yeah, I like it when they do that, because the art is often done to fit the story, so... When it's done in animation, it works well. Yeah, and on top of that, it's interesting to see how... I mean, clearly this is not the DC Universe that we know in current continuity, but this is um, this is definitely an interesting thought of a number of different characters. The fact that uh, Wonder Woman is the, you know, this giant symbolism of uh, feminism... Has Wonder Woman always been taller than Superman? It's interesting to me that whenever uh, Martian Manhunter is, you know, by himself, he reverts back to his Martian form instead of staying in a human form. I, I guess that's that makes sense, but it's it's very interesting. I think with the Green Lantern movie, um, they could have played a lot more on the Martian Manhunter's origins and made him 
the more central origin story rather than Hal Jordan because, as I said, we see it in the Green Lantern movie, which I think came out a couple of months afterwards. I might be wrong, but you don't need to see it twice. I think that's my only real gripe with this film is it rehashes some of the storylines that we see in other films. Yeah, it de- it, I mean, it definitely it shows relationships that we already know are established, and it kind of tries to make it make you aware of them. Like right now with Lois and Clark, we we know that Lois and Clark are together, so we really probably didn't need to see that. We probably don't need to see some of the things that happen um, over and over again that you know they repeatedly do just because they can. I gotta say this this. Uh, area with Las Vegas. We saw the billboard for Wildcat. You know, obviously that's a member of the Justice Society. There's a it's interesting cuz there's a it, it, there's a lot of like little things earlier in the film with uh Hell Jordan flying in his uh, fighter jet. The other person flying on his team is actually a character from the DC Universe. He's the leader of the Challengers of the Unknown, which a lot of people don't know. I suppose that it doesn't matter too much about them reading storylines, because it is supposed to be an adaptation of a, a book, so it's not like it's in the DC Universe as such. No, no I, I do agree. Um, Obviously, if you're new to the, the films or whatever, you need to have a, a bit of a background story. But I think rather than making how Jordan the central uh, origin story that they, they make in this film, they could have switched it to Martian Manhunter but kept how Jordan's bits at the end that we won't give away for spoiler reasons. I think this movie is one of the, the few movies that have actually depicted the, the Justice League very well and incorporated a lot of the supporting cast of the DC Universe. I mean, obviously, we have Captain Cold here. Iris Allen is is the reporter. But it, it's just interesting to see these other like little tidbits from the DC Universe scattered in this story. And I'm, I'm specifically talking, I mean, obviously a lot of this stuff is also in the graphic novel, but specifically just talking about the film, not referring to the graphic novel. I mean, I, I, I just really think this is really good. And we see, you know, we didn't need to see the sign that says Central City, but they show it anyway, just to let us know, hey, that's where Flash comes from.
kind of went a bit too far then in explaining who he was. Well, it's almost as if it's a James Bond film. My curiosity is, so these little blowing globes that have the little red blinking light, how is it that somebody can see, I mean clearly it's not supposed to be on the front of a car, how does nobody see that and say, hmm, what is this and why is this here? It's not really hidden, is it? I mean, if he wanted to actually hide it, he could have put it under like, you know, under a bench or something and hid it in a bush somewhere or in a bin when he says he hid it yeah I mean it kind of goes w more with what you know the stuff that we see all the time with Flash where it's a little bit more uh, fantastical than it is serious and that's one of the, the, the things that the character has suffered for for you know a lot a really long time is the fact that you know his villains really don't have a whole lot of you know, there's only a couple ways that they can stop him. Obviously, Captain Cold can shoot some ice on the ground, and he slips and he falls. And, you know, somebody else could do that, too. So, it, it's interesting when you see things like that happen. It's just... Eh. That's that's how Flash was, and that's why Flash is, hasn't ever really been taken super serious as a character until recently. And as a character, he is quite light-hearted, and he's always making jokes and stuff, so... It kind of fits with him. Right. I'm curious to know why a road would say there would be a sign on a road that says do not enter this area but it wouldn't be gated off. I like the shadows on their faces. It always reminds me of Adamant. <laughs> John Jones is born.
I like uh, the little nods that they do to the film noir genre um, that, that was really popular in the 50s. Um, like the scenes that have just happened uh, I, I, where he looks out across the really smoky city and he's he's got the uh, Trilby hat on and long grey trench coat. It's, 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 it's just a lovely nod. And I like it. I also love, uh, I love her hair. It's, it's the most entertaining thing, as well as the scarves that she wears, the constantly changing scarves are absolutely genius. Yeah, this is definitely a nice nod to really a whole lot of stuff in the 50s. Obviously this takes place in that time frame with the later, uh, later situation occurring with uh, John F. Kennedy giving his speech, but this is, there's a lot of really interesting things. I mean, you obviously don't see people walking around in brown trench coats with hats like this anymore. Which is a shame. I think we should make it our mission to bring it back. <laughs> I would not be opposed to that. Excellent. Can, can we shoehorn it into the next couple of podcasts? <laughs> and start a little campaign. I think a lot of people will get very suspicious if we started wearing those sort of clothes, though. Yeah, that's that's really sad, though. <laughs> Society has gotten to the point where we... Where you can't cover yourself head to foot in canvas and wear a low hat. Yeah. <laughs> We can pretend we were a private detective. Even then, I think the last time I saw a private detective wear one was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It makes me think of Dom Jolie in Trigger Happy TV with one of his sketches. It's pretty funny. Oh, yes. The, the Russian spy. Is that the one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I remember. Good <laughs> I like uh, Batman's costume here. It's um, it's a nice nod to the to the fifties, kind of a bit darker. He's not got the bright yellow symbol on his chest, um, and he genuinely looks quite scary as well. The, the the part that's going to be coming up shortly uh, deals a lot with uh, Batman and that, 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 that situation that just happened with him and the little boy and how the little boy was scared of him in the costume. And that's, we'll get to that bit, but it's it's interesting how, it'll, how they explain how Batman has the costume change.
So, John, what do you think about this outfit? It's beautiful. It's uh, very um, Audrey Hepburn is, is the look I'm going for. <laughs> I, I, I know it's an homage to Audrey Hepburn, but she looks really, really, really weird in It's interesting because even comparing this movie to the Green Lantern First Flight film, there's there's clearly a lot more space references in this film than there was in uh, you know the original origin of Green Lantern. Now that obviously has to do a lot with the timeline of when this is occurring, but Green Lantern also originated around that time frame. Well. Hell Jordan's Green Lantern originated during that time frame too. So it, it's interesting because even the retold origin story doesn't really involve space and space travel as much as it does with this. I was wondering how that Faraday gets his hair like that because I've never seen that sort of naturally. But it looks a bit... I wouldn't expect someone like that to, you know, cut it in any sort of way like that. If I had hair like that, I would keep it. I wouldn't dye it all white. Because it would be too big of a... What's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a symbol? A status symbol of yourself? You'd look very important if you looked like that, I think. Or like Nobody a badger. Would, yeah. Well... Yeah, a badger too, but nobody would probably ever forget your face if they saw you. I think it's the hair more than the face, to be honest. I, I think it's a precursor. I, this might apply only to, to me and Jay, but in Britain, uh, it's quite fashionable for people to have streaks of blonde in their hair, and I think he's setting the trend for that. He's he's leading the way, really. It's funny how Batman deduces 
almost automatically that this guy is not who he appears to be. Maybe he recognized him from TV. <laughs> I can't imagine Batman watching a lot of TV. I guess you're right. <laughs> Unless there's something really good on. <laughs> he only stops work for the Grey Ghost. <laughs> he just said that he doesn't know who John Jones is or where he comes from, but I think Martian Manhunter pretty much sums it all up. <laughs> You would think so. It's only a subtle hint. I just got visions of Batman stopping the Martian Manhunter by striking a match and just dangling it, dangling it in front of him. It's a really bizarre image and perhaps not one of Batman's greatest moves, I think. Why did they fire that gas and then the guy walked through wearing a gas mask? But Flash is most definitely knocked out, not knocked out. It, well, it's a bit bizarre. It probably wasn't it probably wasn't knockout gas, it was probably just smoke grenades or something to kinda hide the fact that they were knocking the flash out. But then again the smoke dissipates almost immediately and the guy's still standing there, so it's kind of a little of a plot hole, I guess. But they look cool, so we'll forgive them. I'm doing your job, Jay. You normally pick the holes in the plot. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll try harder then. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get really nitpicky. <laughs> yeah.
it's kind of interesting when you compare the body types of the superheroes over and over and over again. They almost have the exact same body type with very minor differences in the face along with um, very minor differences in hair color too. I have to say, I do really like these uh, these little flashback sequences. This is a, a nice bit, the the biography for Wilson. Um, I don't know much about him as a superhero. I'm, I'm assuming he's actually in the DC universe as continuity, but... I find it interesting that this guy walks right through the wall of the Batcave and Batman just stands there and continues to work on his computer. I thought that too, but then I remembered how many other people could walk through a wall, so it's it, not much deduction to work out it's Martian Manhunter. Also interested to know what machine Batman was operating just then. It looked a bit like an etch sketch. <laughs> and that just well, I mean, I'm sure it was a computer of that time, probably like a real high-powered computer of that time. But it definitely is interesting to note that uh, all you do is turn a couple knobs. If you um, you can you, they still have them. Um, if you go um to to record offices and libraries, um, they've got. Uh, newspapers uh, on reels and you you twiddle on the knobs and it's it comes up with a big uh, yeah, that's right. front yeah. page so they're still going strong but that was cutting edge in the 50s because the computer was the size of a two-story house so <laughs> Does anyone know how Martian Manhunter can breathe on Earth? Because I'm pretty sure Mars' atmosphere isn't, you know, like ours. Yeah, 
I, I, I don't know enough about Martian Manhunter to know the answer to that, but at the same time, I could also assume that uh, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't breathe like we do, or maybe he only needs a specific type of gas to breathe in. And our atmosphere has it, just not as much as oxygen, but he only needs small amounts. I, I don't know that. I think the atmospheres between Mars and Earth compositionally aren't actually that different. I think, um, aside from a lack of oxygen, I think Mars is mainly hydrogen and nitrogen, um, which is mostly what Earth's atmosphere is made up of. Could be wrong, but I think that's why he's able to breathe, being all scientist-y. Just saying that pencil which was floating around there was really dangerous. I don't think that would have been allowed on the spaceship. It could have got wedged in instruments. Yeah, I don't think a pencil in general would have been on on board. Especially a pencil like that, just floating instead of uh, tied down. That's probably why they crashed, got lodged in the engine or something. (laughs) Well, if someone left a pencil, who knows what else they left. It wasn't complete. Sudoku so book, crosswords. <laughs> Is that the bat phone there? I really thought these guys were supposed to go through some real stiff um, psychological testing before they went on these missions. If somebody wasn't on the same page as somebody else, why would they have gone into space together? And I'm pretty sure they would have burnt up by now. If the metal on the front of the ship is uh, turning orange, I'm pretty sure they both would have died. But then, then we wouldn't have Green Lantern, so... Somehow that guy was able to still push a button after his uh, helmet cracked and shattered. They're both two grown adults, I think they should know not to look directly into the sun by now. I would hope so. Now, what's interesting is, how did Superman get Hal Jordan into the atmosphere? He would have still had to fly just as fast to get Hal Jordan back in, so how did he not burn up? I I don't think they consulted Patrick Moore 
when they were making this somehow. Otherwise, none of this would have this would have all been sorted. I think. Maybe Superman used his ice breath to cool him down as he flew. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he made him he he uh, just made him a giant ice brick and then brought him down. I don't think I've ever seen a sadder-looking alien. What about E.K.? Uh, he didn't have the eyes. He was just a puppet. <laughs> well, that too. Now look out for that cut, because I think that was it. I think it yep. healed instantly. Yep, it's gone. I also have to comment, for some reason, Wonder Woman has a very man-like face. I love that. Massive alien, and they have two swords. Look at Star Wars, it's the land speeder. So this is the Hal Jordan Green Lantern origin story here, isn't it? Is it wrong that I'm hoping that at some point this alien goes, how I am your father? <laughs> I don't know if it'd be wrong, except maybe in a weird, maybe twisted way since he's an alien. 
<laughs> it's well, my argument is, is it's the crazy world of the DC multi universe. It anything can happen. It seems in in the multiverse. I've been trying to track down my own Green Lantern ring. I found one, but it's £20 and I can only get it online. So if anyone wants to buy me one. I tried that. Nobody bought me any of those little merchandise things. I forget what they're called that we were talking about on the last, last podcast. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I still haven't seen those, those flash drives anywhere, so uh, that could be why. Or... It, it could be another reason. <laughs> oh, Well, my birthday in July, that, that's a subtle hint for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now see, the introduction of Robin here makes very little sense. The fact that suddenly now, not only is Batman not wearing his scary costume but he also has robin to lighten the mood too is almost just very quickly like complete turnaround in his uh personality and his eyes are way too distracting they are way too big they remind me of bug eyes and dick grayson is wearing shorts instead of hot pants which is a bit of a shame i don't know how that could be a shame <laughs> He's not doing the creepy laugh either when he just disappears. I'm upset. Opposed to a modern pterodactyl. Yeah. Now clearly... I, I've I've said this over and over again on the comic cast and when we re- reviewed other movies for Superman and it there to me is just I I I mean yes one of the main problems with the character is that he's made so powerful that there's no real way to take him down but for some reason even though the guy is super strong he can be th- he can be kicked and punched around like he's nothing whenever the thing is whenever the other thing is big enough. I raised that point on uh, another Batman forum and got general abuse for it. But apparently, uh, in the start, uh, Superman didn't get get used to not get knocked down by anything, and apparently people complained. And so now I think they really have taken it too far the other way, where Superman seems to get knocked down by just about everything, like you say, Dustin. Yeah. Well, I think I think part of the problem is the character is not really interesting if he has no faults. I mean, yes, he has these weaknesses of magic and in some cases electricity and kryptonite, but there's only so much you can do with that. But when you when you take Superman, you stick him up against a physical opponent. I it, it's I don't really find that interesting, and I find it really really dumb when Superman somehow is so easily taken out. Yeah, I know what you mean. It gets uh, repetitive quite quickly, I think. I was looking back 
quite a bit now, but I didn't want to interrupt your Superman talk. But um, I don't really know what that red stuff is supposed to be in Wonder Woman's Invisible Plane, because at first I thought it was blood, but then later on in the film, some other people get to seem, or seem to get covered in a similar substance. So I don't really know what that is. Ketchup. She had loads of those ketchup sachets from McDonald's that you can never open, and they go everywhere. And it was... That's probably what it is. Disaster. When he says real men wear pants, what does he think Martian Manhunter's wearing? Or is that an Americanism that I've, I've misunderstood? Yeah, I think he means trousers, and me and John get a bit confused. Oh, right, okay. Because every time I see that, I'm thinking, Marshall Manhunter is wearing pants, but if he means trousers, then, then yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, that's definitely an Americanism. But I can't put on the Flash costume. It didn't pop out of my ring. <laughs> Just imagine Flash hopping around the floor, putting his trousers in the wrong legs. Or pants in the wrong legs. <laughs> putting his leg down an arm, that kind of thing. Also, that costume's pretty seamless. I wonder how he does get into it. He uh, materializes his body and passes through the first layer of material. That's the only explanation I can think of. This is her stupid hat that won't stay on. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those situations where, like, you're going someplace where it's windy. There's no real need to have the hat. I know it matches your outfit, but it's not really needed. It's not holding your hair down. It's not doing anything worthwhile. So at this point, it's only a nuisance because it's it's making you have to hold on to it. And in profile, you can see how big her hair is. <laughs> see what I mean by the hair? I was right. Maybe, uh, you know how in the 1950s flying was really novel and people used to get dressed up for flying? Maybe for her, fighting's really novel, so she has to get dressed up for it. Maybe. Oh, there's the Blackhawks and Adam Strange. And Green Arrow. It's amazing how there's so many superheroes and yet the government does not like them.
I always thought the Blackhawks were part of the military as well. So why does the government hate a bit of their own military? I think the Blackhawks are a military element of... I, now I'm not... Again, I'm not super familiar with the Blackhawks, but I think they're from a specific island, and that's where they're the military force from the island. But I don't know that that's actually related to the United States. But then again, I could be completely wrong. I, I don't know enough about them. Yeah, because in um, Justice League, uh, I think it's World War Three. they're part of America, they're part of the American military and they're the, the fighter aces and seem to be the only aircraft over the entire of France for the Allies, but I mean whether they re on that, I don't know. I don't know how many times I would actually see a bunch of grown men raising their arms and cheering Surely any sports event. Uh, you got me there. Not to say it's just men at sports events, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, like, these creatures are some of the most unusual looking creatures which obviously most aliens are going to be unusual looking but it it's just very interesting how they're not the same it's just a bunch of ragtag amounts of aliens it's that's not one species it's like an entire galaxy full of all kinds of different species I like the way the fact that some of them can fly but don't have wings and I don't know if you... If Some sport, just dive. Yeah, just jump off the edge and think, oh, well, be fine. One of them does look like the dragon from Never Ending Story as well. Ah, uh, that's true, yeah. Good reference to Never Ending Story. Okay. I, think is, I think that is one of the things that annoys me most about sci-fi films and stuff like Doctor Who. You either have loads of aliens who look nothing alike or loads of them who look exactly the same. There's no, like, humans where all one species, but there's different, like, variations and stuff. The only ones I can actually think of are Predator. And now Batman's voice doesn't match his costume. <laughs> yeah. I'm Batman, and I'm going to show up after the fight and tell you what you should have done. I like the way that everybody knows exactly who this professor is and what he's done, but at no point did they think, "Mm, we might want to use him. It's only Batman who comes up with that solution.
I gotta say, this story did a really good job of, like I said before, incorporating a lot of the elements of the Justice League, but specifically with this plot that they're, they've come up with to defeat the aliens, it's it's very interesting how they used a number of the different heroes to say, okay, so this is how we're going to do it. We have to use all these different elements to take him out, or to take them out. And uh, Hal Jordan's fighter pilot friend is now wearing the colors of the Challengers of the Unknown, the purple color. I like it how they said look out before anything was happening. This scene reminds me a lot of Independence Day, the movie. That spike at the front of the bat plane is surely not allowed by self and health and safety. It must be for breaking the sound barrier.
I wonder how many people heard her when she shouted that. They all seem pretty engaged. This sequence is really bizarre. How, like an acid trip. How close is this to the original graphic novel? This is pretty much very, very close. Yeah, there's that red goo I was talking about earlier. I'm just waiting for the Beatles to float past in their uh, yellow submarine guises. It's just, yeah, lifted right out of out of that film. His mic just fell off his head, and he was still talking, and the other still guy fine, heard it. Yeah. It's good to know that Green Lantern's force field can withstand an atomic bomb. Did Wonder Woman just say Godspeed? Because I thought the Athenians had many, 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 many gods. Yeah, shouldn't it be Hera's speed? Yeah, I think uh, clearly she was um, trying to blend in with the surroundings. This bit I really don't understand. Because I understand why they sent the Flash. Because he'd be able to do this all quickly, travel over the whole alien really fast. But the machine would still take the same amount of time to function. So he would have to stand there, wait for it to shrink that part of the alien, then move on and then move on. I don't understand how... Well, I think the way they try to make it off is because he's moving so quickly. I mean, it doesn't help with the lines, but because it's moving so quickly, 
he's covering the entire thing at the same time with the beam. I think that's how they're trying to explain it. But by him running around Lee and them drawing the lines over the whatever it is doesn't really make sense because it just seems as if there's not parts that are being covered. That implies that Flash is running at near light speed, which is, if that's the case, you can almost time travel, I suppose. I love how he just drops his best friend in the water. It's like, see you later. Yeah, uh, here, white fist. <laughs> and everybody's looking at him like, wait a second, who's this guy? Why is he glowing green? And I have a real hard time believing that his powers would be this this uh, this great, right? So soon after he became a Green Lantern. Well, like he gets a month's trial run, and then they decide whether he's good enough. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just you you know, whenever somebody gets powers, it always takes them time to figure out how to really use them to their full potential. He figured it out immediately. Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, he literally found out five minutes before when the, when his ship was being ripped apart. This bit's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> Being saved by Aquaman. <laughs> well, Aquaman had to have some purpose. He's like, I found this guy. He was floating on the bottom. Oh, wait, he's fine. All that happened was I lost my cape. At least he didn't come out and say in a very bombastic voice, awesome, and things like that. Lex Luthor's cameo. How come no one's moving? The background was moving and everything, but he's just standing there perfectly still, not even breathing. There's the metal men.
I do like this JFK speech at the end. I think it's a really nice touch um, and sits in really, really well with the rest of the film. It's a upbeat note at the end as well. Although when I hear JFK, I can never, but only think of uh, Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. <laughs> so, but you know, in that um, pan they just did of all the heroes running forward, Superman was looking out at the audience. I know it's an animation, but it looks like it would have been a mistake if it was a film. He's breaking the fourth wall. Oh, there. All right, so. Obviously, that's the end of the film. All right, so overall thoughts of the movie. I thought this movie was was really good. Um, like I said earlier, I would definitely make this one of my top three of the DC animated films. This is a great, great story. It did a very good job adapting the graphic novel, which if you haven't read, I, I would suggest finding some way to read it because it was definitely a good read. Um, but... Overall, I I would I I'm pleasantly when I first saw this I was pleasantly surprised and rewatching it again I'm again I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. I haven't read the graphic novel, so I didn't know what to expect, and I was a bit taken aback at first because I thought it was going to be in continuity. But um, once I got past that, I really enjoyed it, and I it was nice seeing it in that different time setting it was something i hadn't seen before so i really enjoyed it too yeah i think it's a really good jumping on point for people who are new to the animated uh, series and dc stuff in general um it's not my favorite i think there are some flaws with it but if it's if it's kicking about and moving forward i, I probably wouldn't hesitate to put it on Alright, so that's going to wrap up Justice League The New Frontier. Make sure you're checking back on this feed so you can find some more commentaries for other DC animated films, as well as obviously you can go back and listen to our, our Batman films from a couple summers ago. But that's going to do it for this episode. So this is Dustin. This is Jay. And this is John. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Cheerio.